You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are talking about timeouts, the art of managing timeouts. And if you're a coach, timeouts is definitely a big part of the game. But when do you call a timeout? When is the appropriate time to you know utilize your two timeouts that you have per set? Well, we're going to talk about that in today's episode. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 63 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? If you are a new listener, welcome to the pod. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I am the host of the podcast and... And yeah, I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and listen to another episode for you. Well, we got a we got a good one for you today. Actually, I mean, we always have a good one for you, but today's a, a, an interesting one, actually. So, ah, you know, but before we get into the episode, couple announcements, couple announcements. All right, so uh, we are. I'm most coaches right now. Um, if you're listening to this right now, I'm, it's August 23rd uh, when I'm dropping this, and most coaches are really, really diving into seasonal planning. Uh, you should have already started your seasonal planning, but that's okay. In most parts of the world, seasons are starting in September. Well, at least in North America, that is. Um, uh, a lot of the season starts in September, so we're engaging in seasonal planning big, big part of our job as coaches. And it's a very important part as well. Um, And to help you guys out, what I got coming up is I have a a free volleyball workshop. Now, this volleyball workshop is about efficiency. It's about how to be an efficient coach. But a big part of this workshop is not only talking about efficiency, but it's talking about seasonal planning. And they actually go hand in hand. So efficiency, becoming a more efficient coach, and seasonal planning go hand in hand to have a great season. And we talk about some of the things that are involved in seasonal planning and how you can maximize your seasonal planning so your team can be more successful. All right, that's what we're trying to do here. So I got the free workshop. Um, You can pick a date. I'm doing two days, August 29th and August 30th. So August 29th is a Sunday and August 30th uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Just head on over to volleyballworkshop.com. That's volleyballworkshop.com and register. Um, and I can't wait to see you inside. Um, and this is this is an important time for volleyball coaches because we're it's, it's like it's a reset. Every year we get to reset, we get to start fresh, and we get to wholeheartedly dial into, you know, doing what we think is best to set our team up for success for this season. So it's going to be a great workshop. Um, normally my August workshops are always uh, packed. They're the most, they're the busiest times because I understand coaches really want to start, you know, looking at resources to help plan their season. And I think this will be a good one for you guys. So it's free. It's for you. August 29th, August 30th, eight o'clock Eastern time. Pick a day that works for you volleyballworkshop.com is where to register. And if you are listening to this and it's too late, 
that's okay. There will be other workshops that you can sign up for. That is the web. That is my my website for my workshops. By the way, volleyballworkshop.com. So you can always uh, keep monitoring that, or just you can go on my Instagram. All right, I'm all over Instagram. You can follow me on the grams for when I have um, other type of workshops and stuff like that. All right, but let's get into this episode. So I had a coach reach out to me on Instagram actually, and they uh, they mentioned that I had mentioned. On a previous podcast, um, this was Coach Allen. He mentioned that I, on a previous podcast, I talked about timeouts. I talked about what, um, you know, what do I do in timeouts? And I, I think I mentioned that, I think, yeah, I think I mentioned that I was, um, I was really good at calling timeouts. I Somewhere in that, well, now here's the thing. I actually never say Normally, I never acknowledge that I'm good at something because wholeheartedly, I'm still learning. Like everyone, I'm still learning. I'm getting used to this game even more every day and stuff like that. But for some reason, I feel like I'm really good at calling timeouts. Like I know when to call it. I know how to like feel the game out to see what's going on. And for some reason, I've been told too by other coaches that I have, I've, mastered the art of calling timeouts so i thought to myself i'm like have i have i really mastered the art of calling timeouts and for some reason i feel like myself and my coaching staff we do a really good job at controlling the game from from a coaching standpoint like to, to the best that we can do we do an okay job of controlling the game and maximizing our timeouts so i think this episode definitely uh it, it it should have happened a long time ago, but I'm happy I got uh, I got the question, which which I'm grateful for, and I would absolutely love to talk about uh, timeouts. You know, timeouts. Let's get into that conversation because this is a uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. So here is some things that you gotta take into consideration when it comes to timeouts. Every point in our game is four percent of your total score. Okay. So that means one point is 4%, 4% of the entire objective of the game. 25 points is the objective. So 4% is every is what every point is worth, all right? Now, there's a lot of rules I've heard in the past about calling timeouts, but I have a general rule that we like to follow. No more than four points in a row. So if a team goes on a four-point run, that is instant timeout, instant timeout. I that in our game, four points is significant. That is sixteen percent of your total score that they just got bang within minutes, less than minutes, if anything. Four point run. And we need to stop that momentum because if we play around with this a little bit and we let and we see what happens, like here's one thing, okay? So I'm gonna spend some time on this because this is important. I have witnessed now. I've 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 watched tons of volleyball matches live and on TV and stuff like that. And I have witnessed coaches have this type of attitude, where a team, your team, their team, is getting scored on, and the other team is going on a run, three points, four points, five points, and they refuse to call a timeout because they want their team to get out of it. They're like, nope, I'm not calling a timeout. You guys figure it out or you'll get out of it. 
they put it back on their team to get out of this of this run that the team's on, of this slump. Now, that's okay, providing you don't let it can you don't let it go on for a like you know they go on a two or run or three or run. Okay, maybe try to get for a fourth. But if you allow a team to go on a significant run without stopping it, using your timeout power to stop it, it's almost like you're asking them to win. Because they're going to gain so much momentum and they're going to have so much more rhythm that by the time you call a timeout, it's too late. It's too late. And I've seen this so many times. And I'm sorry if I'm, if coaches, if, if you are a type of coach that does this, I'm not trying to put you down or harp on you. I'm trying to encourage you because that is not helping your team at all. And I can't tell you the amount of times I, I I'm telling you, me and my coaching staff, when we're at tournaments or we're watching games together, we look at each other, and our our rule is no more than four points. And if we if they had called a timeout, then there may have been a shot of still being in this game. But they but once you pass that four point mark, five, six, seven, they're gonna keep they're in rhythm already, and they're gonna keep going until you prevent them either. You get not that you get lucky, but your teammates actually stop it. So your team stops it, or you call a timeout eventually, which ends up happening. Eventually, the coach will end up calling a timeout after like a seven zero run, and by that by that time, it is too late because of how it's how much of one point is worth in our game. It's so significant. It's not like basketball. Basketball, you shoot two points. Okay, everyone scores. Okay, you get back on defense. Boom, boom, boom. All right, you can come back when you're down ten zero. You can come, like on a ten zero run or a fifteen. Oh, run or 15-2 run like those things yeah those happen 15-2 run in volleyball yeah that's not happening all right I've also heard of this rule I don't know where this rule came from but I heard it uh, um, there was a we were playing in a match and I called a timeout you know at like it was like 5-1 we were down 5-1 really bad start to the game and the, and I went when I went back and watched the game the commentary was like, oh wow, that's unorthodox. Normally, you would you would never see a volleyball coach call a timeout before ten points, and I've never heard that up in, up until that point. This was, this was years ago, and I've and I've heard it a few more times after that. But I don't know where this idea of we don't call a timeout until you get to ten points. Okay, so let me just paint this picture for you. Does that mean that if you're down ten one? Then you call a timeout because the game's over. I don't know if anyone really, the game is over at that point, or maybe not over, but it's very, very difficult to come back after a 10 1 or 10 2, even or 10 3, even. That's not happening. So, what do we have to do? Well, first of all, let's just start by saying don't do that, coaches. Don't wait till you get to 10 before you call a timeout if a team is going on a significant run. And a couple of people will say, and I've heard this, is well, if you're going to use a timeout so early, what are you going to do at the end of the match when you need it? Well, here's the thing. You need to get to the end of the match for your timeout to be useful. What's the point of getting to the end of the match down 2010? You're going to call your timeout then? Sure, but at that point, you have no control of the game. The momentum's on the other team. The other team controls the tempo of the game, and you're not playing your team's volleyball. You're playing theirs. So, you got to get to the end of the game and still keep it close. So here's the thing. There are four timeouts per set. Four timeouts per set. You get two, and the other team has two. You have to leverage 
your timeouts. You have to leverage it. And you also have to understand and try to get the other team to use their timeouts. The more they use their timeouts, the better it is for you. So my first point, which I seem like I've been rambling about my first point, but give or take, there was many points in that. My first point is no more than a four-point run. Okay, if a team goes on a four-point run, call it, stop it in its tracks because you need to get to the thing. And here's the thing. When you when they you they go on their four-point run, right, and you, you, you call your timeout, and in theory, you're, you're catching back up. And even if they were doing it again, and then you called your timeout, you're done. Your two timeouts are done. But guess what? By this point, you're probably closer to this to the end of the game or the second or the later part of the set. And if you're catching up both times when you did your timeout, you're keeping the game close. If the game stays close, and even if you catch up, guess what? The other team now is going to use their timeout. So did you really lose that in the end? You still get your timeout at the end of the game because you're now going to force the other team to use their timeout. And it would be in their best interest at that point to use their timeout. So that's how you got to think about it. How do you leverage your timeouts? Right, using your timeouts as leverage and also trying to make the other team call their timeouts in your favor. And here's an example of one where you had to use your timeouts to stay in the game and hopefully continue that to get them to then use their timeouts, which gives you an opportunity to, again, have that late timeout in the match that you may not have gotten before and you know go from there. So long story short, first point, four point one. We've been talking for a while and I've only got one point. All right. Well, actually, there's more points in there. Leveraging your timeout, um, you know, understanding that calling timeout before someone gets a 10 is ridiculous. That makes no sense to me and it still will. It still doesn't make sense to me. Um, And those are my three. Oh, you know what I need to say? I probably should have started this episode with with this. But please, these, um, these things I'm talking to you guys about timeouts, I am not the master of timeouts, okay? This, these aren't facts. These aren't rules that everyone should follow. This is what I've gained in my experience, and this is what works for me, all the coaches that I've mentored that follow the same framework, as well as our teams. So this, this works for us. I'm, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. There could be many other ways to do it. But if you choose to follow this, I, that's great. I'm, I hope it helps. But coaches, don't get mad. Don't get mad if if you, if you disagree or this is like, oh, this is ridiculous, whatever. You guys, everybody, this is the great thing about coaches. We create our own philosophy. We create our own playbook and how we want to you know, go in and, and manipulate timeouts and stuff like that. So feel free. I'm just trying to give you guys ideas and hopefully try to add some value to your toolbox. That's really what I'm trying to do. So understand that that's the goal here. All right, so if I, if, I, if I say something you disagree with, no problem. These are just strategies that I use that I find effective. All right, so uh, we got the no more than four points. Um, don't call a timeout before 10, ridiculous. Uh, saving times for the end. Of the- Again, we went over that. Like We got to get to the end of the match. Uh, no, now here's another one. So there's a bunch of points there, by the way. Here's another time where I'll call a timeout. If you notice something about your team that's not right, they're not focused, they're not, you know, they're not being competitive, 
they're sluggish for whatever reason or something. There's something wrong. And coaches, I don't know if you can relate to this, but you know how sometimes when you are, are sitting back and you're watching your team and you, just, you know something's not right, you see something's not right, whether it's focus, competitiveness, whatever the case is, call your timeout then. As you gotta call, you have to fix that problem in the beginning of the game before it's too late. Because if you let it continue, it's it's gonna be too late to fix it because you're already gonna be down a set or two, or the 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 attitude of that match, the tempo of that match is already in the other team's favor, and we don't want that. So when you notice something is not right, maybe they're doing something wrong, they're not supposed to, they don't understand something, whatever the case is. Call your timeout right away because that will save you from from being down, rather. And it, it, it's a must. You have to fix it at the beginning of the set. So that's, again, just you see it, you call it right away. Don't wait. Don't try to fix it during the game. That's not going to happen. Like, when I mean during the game, I mean, like, while the rallies are happening or after the rally's over in that, in that couple seconds you have before the referee blows the whistle for the other server to serve. You want to make sure that you address it when they're focused on you and not having to worry about what's going on in the game. Because I'll tell you something, it will go through one ear and come out the other. They will not retain anything you're saying unless it's irrelevant to the match, of course, but not you know when it comes to some someone's doing, like the team is doing something wrong or they're out of it or whatever the case is. Call your timeout, use it, okay? Now, there's another strategy that, um, you know, it, it can work. You see it a lot with the uh, younger age group, and that is, when you call a timeout to break an opponent's serve. And yes, this is a valuable strategy, and absolutely it does work. Uh, but in depending on your level, this is a strategy you may want to use. If you have a great server, and, I, and I've used this too, we've had some fantastic servers. If you have a great server that goes up there and gets an ace, okay, and then right after that he gets another ace, back-to-back aces, I'm calling a timeout. I might wait till three, but my four-point run rule goes out the window because we are getting beat by a serve. So I may break. I may. I may call a timeout to not only break his serve by you know throwing off his rhythm, having him go back to the bench, sit down, take a drink of water, kind of cool down a little bit. I, I, not to do that. I'm, I'm doing that, yes. But I'm also gonna game plan with my team. How do we pass this serve? What 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 have I noticed? And I'll, chances are I'll. I'll, I'll pick up on exactly what's happening if he gets two aces in a row or three aces in a row. I'll say, okay, well, we're going to cheat over here. We're going to do something here. We're going to move this for Whatever the case is, I will strategize to make sure that we can pass because I'll tell you something. When a server goes on a run, it can be extremely dangerous. A server gets two aces in a row, you, you better be certain or sure that that third or fourth ace is right around the corner and you don't want that to happen because when teams go on 4-0 runs and 5-0 runs and stuff like that, it is, it is very difficult to come back from. So we want to make sure that does not happen. So yes, breaking serves is definitely a strategy that you can use. Another reason you may want, want to call a timeout is if you see a significant gap in their defense or offense and you want to make a play call. So sometimes if the games are close, right, no need to call a timeout because no one's gone on a four-point run or whatever, the game is still being close, and I see something that I think if I fix will significantly give us an advantage to get the next couple points in a row or four points in a row or whatever the case is, I will 100% call a timeout. 
So let's say, for example, I noticed uh, the middle is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing on defense. You know, the middle is, is stacking over to the left side, and I can't communicate that with my setter, which, by the way, I normally can. But if there's something where I see a, a, a flaw in their defense, I, I'll call my timeout. Like, guys, this is their defensive scheme that they've switched to or they're running. We're going to exploit them this way. Go. And we may get a couple extra points that would be a lot easier by exploiting the weakness that I found versus if I didn't call a timeout at all and we just played the game. So that is a situation where if you see something like defensively that's broken down or you have a play call that you want to run to get that point, to get the momentum back, whatever the case is, then you make that call and you call your timeout. Now that's pro- that's providing that again, there's no four point runs that are happening where that's that the focus is just to stop that run right away and but if the game is close and you want to make a play call based on something you see sure because that can pay dividends down the road it can get you more points as the game goes on and 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 on top of that it'll make the their defense once you start exploiting their defense for example um they may have to adjust and that's great that's what you want you want them to adjust to something that they're not comfortable with or whatever the case is okay now the I'll, i'll leave you with one more thing Okay, one more tip. So uh, we talked about the four-point run, calling timeouts before 10, um, saving your timeouts for the end, forcing the team to call the timeouts uh, when the team isn't right, you know, breaking serves, play call. Last one I'll give you guys. And this is, I think that this is one that it's, it's really hard for me to explain because there's no, like, there's there's no curriculum on, on any of this really, but Coaches may understand where I'm coming from. If let, let's let me just explain it. Sometimes I will call a timeout based on a feeling that I get. Now this is really hard for me to explain, but sometimes you're in the, you're in the gym, right? You're in the gym. You feel the pressure of the game. You feel the momentum of the game. You can see what team is controlling the game right now. That's probably the best way I can put it. You can feel and see which team has control of the game right now. There are some times in matches where when I get this feeling that I feel like we're losing control of this game, the tempo is shifted to the other side, right? We're playing their ball, not our own ball, okay? Momentum isn't on our side. You get that feeling, call a timeout. I call my timeout because I want to play. I want the momentum to be in our favor. We want to play our ball, our team's ball, not theirs. They should be playing our game. We shouldn't be playing theirs. And I want to make sure that it's that's what's on our side. So there there are times where I will make that timeout. I will call it. I will have them. I'll refocus them, regroup if I got to motivate them, if I got to give them a play call, whatever the case is. It's just because of that feeling that I have in the game that it's, it's, it's not right. You know, there, there, I have a feel, and I have a feeling there's something's gonna happen. It's gonna switch, and momentum's gonna go in their favor, or they're gonna continue keeping their momentum. And the reason I, I'm, this is one of my strategies, is because I used to not listen to that feeling, and every single time I didn't listen to it, the other team went on a run. Every single time I didn't listen to it, the other team went on a run. So you can imagine how frustrating that was. And I finally said, you know what? No. I'm I'm going I'm trusting my gut. My gut, when it tells me stuff, I, I listen to it when it comes to the sport because nine out of ten signs is right. So I started listening to my gut and going with my feeling because coaches, and I'm sure some of you coaches can relate to this, 
right? Some of you coaches can understand when you're in the game, you just got that feeling I should call a timeout. But sometimes you don't call that timeout because you can't rationalize why you're calling that timeout, you know? You just have that feeling. But you can't rationalize it, and, that, and therefore sometimes you may not call that timeout. And I understand that. I was just like that. But listen, you are, you are a coach for a reason. You know the game better than the, the, your team does. You feel that you have, you have that instinct, that coach's instinct. Listen to it. Go for it. And you'll be surprised. It, it, could, it could save your set and maybe even your match. So let me just recap real quickly for you guys. So no more the four-point run. Okay, it, Forget about this nonsense of not calling a timeout before 10 understanding what that means to save a timeout for the end of the match. We, we need to get to the end of the match and then leverage our timeouts accordingly so that we can force the other team to call our to call timeouts. That's what we want to do. When, the, when your team is not right, when something's wrong, whether they're not focused, not doing something wrong, you know, the competitiveness, whatever the case is, you call your timeout. Breaking serves, if you're trying to break a server's run or breaking a, a talented server that's going up there, maybe a couple aces in a row, we want to break the serve. We talked about what that means and uh, how, how it works for both sides. Play calls, you see a gap in the defense, offense, whatever the case is, you want to make a play call because you can anticipate that's going to get you a couple extra points than if you hadn't, do that, hadn't, hadn't done that at all. And then momentum, feeling of the game, that feeling, that instinct that you get as a coach where you know you should call a timeout, listen to it. Listen to your gut. It will take you a far away, I guarantee it. I've trusted my gut my entire career, and it's done quite well for me. Well, after I started listening to it, of course. And there you go. And that is that. those are the, the main points, I feel, that make me pretty confident when it comes to managing timeouts. All right, I, I've been told by, by a lot of coaches, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm being arrogant here. I'm not trying to be arrogant, okay? I, I apologize if I'm coming off like, I'm the master of timeouts. I know everything about timeouts. Of course I don't. But I'm pretty damn good at managing our timeouts. That's probably the first time I'm going to say I'm really good at something because it's it's something that I, I, I have a, I just, I have that, I don't know what it is, but I just know when to call a timeout. I really know. And yeah, that's just me. It's really hard to, to not sound arrogant when I'm talking about like, like this, but you guys know, man. You guys, you guys, most of you have been listening to my podcast for a long time, so you know I'm not. That's not me. I'm just trying to help, and I'm trying to share my passion of timeouts with you guys. All right, okay, uh, coaches. I want to see you guys out on the 29th and the 30th of August, uh, eight o'clock. Pick a day that works for you. I want to see you on that free training, and I'll be there to answer questions at the end as well. So after the training, I'll stick around for as long as I can, answer all your questions about efficiency, seasonal planning, whatever you want, we'll get, we'll hammer it out and we'll, we'll help you to make sure that you're set up, you're ready to go, you're set up for your season so your team can be successful, so you can be successful, so you can have a great season ahead because that's what I want for each and every one of you. I want you guys to have fantastic seasons here. Listen, we need some, we need some happy in this world. COVID, the pandemic, all that stuff, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan and all these things that I don't want to try to make this a political thing here, but there's a lot in this world and we, we want to make sure that volleyball is our way of, of bringing back some happiness, some good, some healthy competitiveness, some changing the lives of our athletes, our, these, these kids, these athletes that we're responsible for and, you know, just creating that amazing experience for them because that's, that's what we want. So we're going to talk all about that. 
So I'll see you guys out on the 29th and 30th. And if you're listening to this after this is over, after the workshop is over, don't worry. There'll be more workshops down the road and you'll be able to get in on them as well. All right. Volleyballworkshop.com. Check it out. I'll see you guys there in a, in a week from now, I think. So yeah, a week since I'm uh, recording this. And for the rest of you, I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.